This is The Playbook. I'm here at CES, and at the top of CES is one of my favorite companies historically in technology, especially in communication, secured communication, is the CTO of BlackBerry, Charles Egan. Welcome to The Playbook. Well, thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here. Well, you may be happy, but I'm ecstatic, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> I do so many interviews with people in technology, and you and I have been in this game a long time, yeah, yeah. and I think without perspective of where we've come from, that we're shorting ourselves when we're amplifying certain solutions that either may not be real or may never work when it comes to being a business. Yeah. And the true test of time is a company like BlackBerry that has led the way with certain capabilities and continues to learn and fit in a marketplace to utilize its core capabilities with the ever-changing, fast-paced world of technology, especially communications. Yes. For you, you've been in this space a long time. Yeah. How and what do you see as BlackBerry's core capability and how has it been applied through that evolution that I'm so excited to talk about. Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting, the DNA, and I think I'm probably safe to use sports analogies. Good, yes, you. please. <laughs> um, you know, the muscle memory and the activities we learned is really around how to do privacy and security at scale. And, you know, we invited the mobile work workplace and we pivoted to a software company around 2015 where we're doing, it turns out, cybersecurity, large-scale communications, you know, we're in over 215 million automobiles. Like the places where privacy and security and trust matters, that's the kind of uh, capabilities that we're bringing into this market. And luckily, there's a boatload of that on our horizon with smart cities and healthcare. And, uh... and it's so interesting because in that evolution, and I've dealt in information security. Yes. And now it's much larger than people even realize. And you guys have been the best for decades yeah, yes. um, at doing that. But today it's much more critical. It, it's actually life or death. It's just not market data. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, losing your data um, is one thing about, you know, when you're a two-ton car going, you know, 100 miles an hour, uh, you know, that kind of a cyber breach, it starts to get into the cyber physical domain. You know, we've all seen... Uh, you know, power power plants or pipelines that have been compromised. So the ability to do cybersecurity and trust uh, in this new connected world that's becoming more connected uh, is is a really important skill to have, I think. And in order to have a skill, you need to practice it. Right. And I think a lot of people don't understand how long BlackBerry has been practicing. So in the early days, whether it was big enterprise, mm -hmm. but even more importantly, at the highest security levels of government, you have been the chosen leader, the yeah. chosen solution yeah. in hardware and software. Yes, yes. Um, what are some of the capabilities uh, today that are so important? We talked about the, the vehicles, yes. but a lot of people aren't aware of you know, the power plants, of the electrical yeah. side of it, but even just traffic control yes. of being able to, you know, someone turns every light green in even a small geographic area, yeah. this could cost many, many lives, more than some of the biggest tragedies that we've had. Oh yes, the ability to do damage based on just hoping that people behave in a, in a, in a well-ordered way is, uh, can be thwarted by you know, one cyber attack that does you know, attack such as you mentioned. And, and you know, you know, we need more than hope to prevent these kind of situations because the number of cyber criminals is, is increasing. 
uh, the use of open source software is increasing, which is if you infiltrate open source, you might now be in 10,000 uh, 10, different components. And so the ability to attack that goes up. So, so I, I, th I think we have a lot of uh, techniques and, and methods for which we can detect and protect. There's some, there's some sort of uh, fundamentals like design your systems to be partitioned so that if it is compromised, because it will be compromised, right. that the compromise is contained. Like have, a fire. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right. Have a plan for when it happens, what you're going to do, because it is going to happen, and making your plan then. The first thing you lose is communications, for example. So how are you going to communicate when yeah. the communication systems goes down? You should you should do that. And then <laughs> and then there's all, like, uh, we call it least privileges. Like, uh, don't have anything that's executing at a higher level of privilege than than it needs to, so it, it can minimize the damage it will do. So That's amazing. Now, along the way, and we see this in social media and social marketing a lot, is that I have a philosophy that's really worked for me, and it's just measure how many mistakes or how many failures you have and try to have less of them. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. It's like running. You know, use a sports analogy. Yeah. I represented Carl Lewis. Yeah. Most people know yes. he was a little older, at least, the fastest man on earth at the time. Yes. And when Carl, Carl Lewis ran the 100 meters, it looked as if in the last 40 meters that he put on like the juice box, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And yet it was really just that he was slowing down less because yeah, yeah. he was in better shape. Right, right. And so it looked like he was going forward. I see the same thing with technology. It looks yeah. like we're going forward, but we're just making less mistakes. Yeah, yeah. No, and, I think that's really true. Right? And, and so having that experience that you have, yeah. you know, being able to mitigate how many mistakes and quantify them, yeah. you know, for you, We've all made these mistakes. What are some of the bigger mistakes that have propelled you and protected you through through the evolution of BlackBerry? Yeah. So, so, so I um, it's probably you know just to summarize it into one. I I, I think we do um, we learn a little bit as we go. So we keep making mistakes, but we make like you said make fewer mistakes. So an an, an idea would be like. Um, you know, la 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 laptops are not really that secure, but right. mobile phones were decided to be more partitioned and more secure. So if they were compromised, the damage wouldn't happen. So there's a bunch of sort of low level um, uh, methods that you can design in. Most people think that these attacks are uh, can't be prevented. So I think you've given up your main advantage at that point. You can prevent a lot of the attacks. Yes. And then. You only have to react to the ones that overcome your your prevention and, and to be more reactive. But it, it seems like the whole industry has said, okay, you can't prevent it. So, you know, let's just let chaos ensue and then we'll try to contain it. And that you're 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 losing your biggest advantage there in prevention, I think. And you know, the other thing is humans are great. <laughs> right. However, <I> so. <laughs> however, when it comes to looking at large amounts of data and looking for anomalies, they're not as good as a very simple ML model. So, you know, using technology in the appropriate way, so you use the humans for the hard problems, use the machine learning for the ones it can, for the things, give computers things they do well, give humans things they can do well. Don't try to muscle through, you know, uh, you know, again, if you get that wrong, it could be much less productive. And the balance between hardware and software, Right, I used to joke around yeah. as I had some experience being a CEO of a hardware company. Yeah. Uh, you know, I would today even say in some of my speeches, who's the number one competitor for iPhones hardware? Yeah. And people would say Samsung, which yeah. is my old manufacturer. And I said, no, I, 
I truly think it's iPhone, right? Like who here has an iPhone 4? And so there is on the hardware side, a hyper competitive uh, business atmosphere. Uh, And moving to the hardware, what's your future plans on hardware since it's much more difficult, much more competitive and very expensive is there a hardware plan that is still in place? Yeah, so so our hardware plan is we will work with them all. So, so, so ubiquitous plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so we don't do hardware. Yeah. And and so we have we use standards where we can. We we make sure we run we don't t- lock into one particular ecosystem. So our our software solutions will run on Windows, they'll run on Mac, they'll run on mobile phones, they'll run on cloud computers. You know, we're, we're highlighting some things at CES today about how our software can be developed in the cloud on top of AWS uh, infrastructure. So it's really quite... Uh, and, and utilizing a platform, a solution, a software is really implementing power. Yeah, yeah. And I'm a marketing person. Yeah. So it's very difficult sometimes when you do have the ubiquitous solution that's utilized for everyone. And we know many multinational corporations that have a difficult time branding themselves. And so they've taken on that powered by brand. Yeah, yes. Uh, On a marketing side, is there a plan to build a brand within the context of your powering or securing or some other adjective that best suits what BlackBerry does today? Yeah, so so in, in, uh, in, in some ways, you know, we have created an ecosystem. We, we've announced it in its partnership with Amazon BlackBerry Ivy, which is sort of a, it's an enablement middleware platform for getting data off of generalized IoT devices focused on the first most cherished one, the software defined vehicle. And so, so we're, you know, what I like to say, we're creating a way, the hard thing for software defined vehicles is how you get software into it. So, yeah. uh, so creating an ecosystem so developers can create content for a vehicle is one of the things we do. So you could say powered by BlackBerry Ivy. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, the... Uh, will it be branded in cards at all? Or is it will be simply just branded? Um, so it, it, it's interesting because automotive OEMs have their own philosophy on what they right. mention about what's running under the covers. We're in over 215 million automobiles, but, but it's not because the OEMs are telling you, oh, by the way, like there's a Ford uh, Mach-E down there with four instances of BlackBerry QNX running in it. Wow. Uh, and and the, so it's an integral part of the of the vehicle, but it's not something that we're generally, uh, it's not our purview to talk about, right? So yeah. it, this is public inter- information. Right, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting yeah. bit, business model sometimes when you're limited uh, to explaining or marketing or amplifying yeah, yeah. the power of the solution so that only those people in the know know, yeah. and yet you want more people to know so you can implement more, well, uh, and it becomes quite a challenge sometimes. I've, I've, you know, you talked about us being in, in the industry a while. There's nothing better when when the company that's using your technology announces it in a press release, then then the gates on open up and say powered by this. Yeah, then you capture that press release and amplify exactly, it everywhere. Exactly. You talked about humans are great, and yeah. one of the interesting I, things. I firmly that, believe. That, me yeah. too. I, I do too. Um, but humans also live a lot of times in blame, shame, and justification. Yeah, yeah. And so let's take autonomous vehicles for example. You know, a lot of people tell me I'll, I'll never be able to do that because I'm afraid yeah. that there'll be a mistake, a breach, something would happen and there'd be an accident. And I was one of the people initially that, you know, was a little afraid of the technology. And then someone explained to me, well, it's once again, only about limiting 
yeah. how many how many mistakes do human beings make? Right. So if we're able to take, you know, use arbitrary numbers, you know, 25 million deaths because human beings are far less accurate. Yeah. And although there's no security in a human being's brain being, right. there's other interferences, yeah. but we could drop down to 2.5 million deaths for the mistakes or, or breaches or yeah. whatever yeah. that will occur. Right. right. And this is a hard thing for people to understand yeah. because they much rather see human beings making mistakes yeah. than the blame, shame, justification of that system caused this death. But meanwhile, it saved yeah. 22.5 million yeah. people. And, yeah. and how, do, how do we communicate something that's, I think, not only counterintuitive, but the ego itself a lot of times uh, doesn't allow human nature yes. uh, yeah. to be accountable? Yeah, it, I, I think that's a great question. And um, it, it's something I, I think about a little bit with autonomous vehicles. I think about vehicles used to be very unsafe. Yeah. And now vehicles are very safe. Uh, how do we do that? So, so there's lots of safety protocol and engineering there that was put into making cars safe. And like, you know, I kind of uh, think, okay, why does everyone wear their seatbelt? Like I, I was an art not seatbelt wearer, and now I'm an art seatbelt wearer. Just uh, showing our age once again. Yeah. <laughs> how did that happen? Yeah. Uh, so uh, there's, there's two great theories I've heard there, and I think this applies. Uh, the, 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 the first one is that uh, we indoctrinated the children and they started harassing the older people that you have to wear your seatbelt. So just sheer, Sure, you know, get the, uh, you know, train yes. the next generation to, to, to fix this generation. And, and, you know, there was also kind of, uh, um, you know, standards and regulation that came into place that gave a baseline. So this level of safety could, could come into play. And, and I think with autonomous vehicles, we're going to see the same thing. Uh, in safety, they look at deaths per 100 million miles driven. And so autonomous vehicles haven't even driven 100 million miles yet so and we're already seeing deaths right so uh, the, the idea that we look at the large scale and baseline it against the safety certifications gives them confidence like uh, you're going to get more driver assist functionality coming your car may lock up if you're about to go and plug into a or you know crash into some vehicle in front of you that stopped it may apply the brakes and and so uh, or it may do a lane change block if you're about to do something. So these little incremental safety things will start to happen. And because if you just put someone in a autonomous vehicle today, that's frightening. The other thing we're not good at as a, you know, our humans is sort of rapid change. So it's going to evolve where the level of autonomy will evolve. And there's going to be people pushing, pushing it. And then, you know, all of a sudden uh, it's going to be ubiquitous. And we're not going to notice that this has happened. So I think it's, I think there's a little bit of that. But... Uh, I wouldn't expect, we're not good with change, and so, you know, that... Yeah, the only human that's good with change is a wet baby. <laughs> they, they want change immediately. Um, <laughs> yeah, we know that from being older. I will tell you in that evolution, when we talk about, you know, uh, car safety, yeah. I think about to my childhood, I grew up with six kids, and yeah. my mom and dad would drive with the windows up in a country squire station wagon smoking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? And now today, everyone's worried about the autonomous vehicle. I know. Like, I know. We don't even know how many deaths yeah. were caused to children yeah. because their parents are just smoking with the windows up. To that measure, we're learning and yeah, yeah. Uh, what makes it great. And I think it's important. The last question I want to talk to is there has to be a reconciliation of 
these bright young minds, yeah. these technology savvy, as you said, people who have grown yeah. up. You know, they can't see a screen without yeah. touching it and yeah. thinking yeah. something should happen, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> even if it's a console TV. Yeah. You know, they yeah. they're yeah. looking for something to happen. But someone with your experience, situation or knowledge, someone who's paid the dummy tax like yeah. I have, yeah. um, what lesson, uh, prioritized lesson, do you help some of the young technology innovators today, you know, over over their great talent, yeah. you know, wh what lessons do you try to really empower them with to utilize a technology like BlackBerry to its greatest potential? Yeah. Um, I, you know, there, I think there's lots of wisdom that they're yet to achieve, wisdom not yet attained. Uh, and and I, I find with the youth, like sometimes they'll have such an impressive uh, you know, one-dimensional capability that I'm jealous of. But, but 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 then I realize, okay, there's 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 three or four naive, naivety walls that they haven't yet crashed into. So I try to ask questions about how would you, you know, you know, just sort of the quiet older, uh, you know, how would you envision this going, or what would success look like? What's your objective here? Uh, you know, I I'm a really big believer in you know I. Uh, out of the out of the ball thinking, or yeah, me too. Uh, uh, so so it, it's sort of like, um, okay, you think this is good, you can make it ten percent better, but could you make it a thousand times better, or or just just kind of, you know, most of their limitations of the human is sort of self perceived restrictions. So you know, say if you look in the mirror and say, you can do this, the, your chance of doing it goes up. It doesn't. That's not all you need to do, but you need to believe in yourself. And so giving them the tips for the things they're about to, you know, turn into a learning experience, not fall flat on your face, they can stumble, but then continue to grow and be these amazing next generation people that now have a little bit more wisdom like that, that, that has been applied. Well, I'll tell you this, Charles Egan, the CTO of BlackBerry, I miss the hardware side, uh, the greatest devices ever created for PIM applications, especially the personal information yeah. management. Nobody reached to me a higher level of utilization yeah. than BlackBerry. But as someone who has this historical perspective of technology, I'm more excited knowing that BlackBerry is behind securing a lot of the solutions today to mitigate risk and provide us an exceptional future so that these great innovations can not only be utilized, but can protect us and promote us. And uh, it takes companies and leadership uh, and the company's BlackBerry and the leadership is Charles Egan. He's the CTO of BlackBerry. You may not always see what they're doing, but I promise you, all of us, we are blessed to have BlackBerry. They're making our lives safer and better. Thank you for joining me, Charles. I appreciate it. Oh, it's my great pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Amazing interview. This is David Meltzer here at CES with the CTO of BlackBerry, Charles Egan. This is David Meltzer from Entrepreneurs, The Playbook.